We have a lot of events this Holy Thursday, <clears throat> so I wanted to highlight and touch on a few of them uh, that stood out to me. Uh, on this Holy Thursday, Jesus instituted two sacraments on this day that will keep us intimately connected with him. I'd like to compare and contrast Peter and Judas's actions today, as well as Mary's commitment to God. Today we see Christ's humility, servitude, and love by the washing of the feet. The disciples traveled long distances in dirt roads. They probably have cuts and scrapes on their feet. It's the filthiest and smelliest part of the body. And yet, in his humility, he washed their feet. When we repent to him, he purifies us from our deepest filth and our sins. This is a great symbol of the sacrament of repentance. And he teaches us the significance of repentance because without it we shall perish. Also we have the Last Supper instituting the sacrament of the Eucharist, his body and blood. The sacrament of repentance and the Eucharist is not just at the time of Jesus, they are eternal. They are past, present, and future. We experience them every Sunday. During liturgy, after we read the Creed, we start with the prayer of reconciliation. It's the foundation of our relationship with God and the story of our salvation. Through the sin of Adam, we were no longer reconciled with God or each other. His sacrifice on the cross reconciled us with him. This gives us the opportunity to experience it with him every week. Last year, Sharif gave a talk on when Jesus went into the garden to pray. Jesus felt very heavy, physically overwhelmed, sweat and blood were coming out of his pores. Jesus even asked God if this cup could pass. But he wisely questioned, why all of a sudden? Didn't he know his purpose? Didn't he know that he would be crucified for our sins? course he knew. He knew that he needed perfection, the perfect lamb to take on the ugly sins of the entire world from the beginning, from Adam. So what happened right before the agony in the garden that would cause that? At the Last Supper, Jesus did not only give his body and blood, there was an exchange. He exchanged his salvation to us for the world's sins. He exchanged his death for our life. He took my punishment. The disciples in the room were distraught. Jesus had just told them what was going to happen. It reminds me of a friend of mine who went on a mission trip in Africa and they had started a new church there. And to his astonishment, during communion, everyone in line for communion were in tears. They felt like Jesus Christ had just literally died for them, for their sins. He had just taken their place. Every week that we come down this central aisle and we take communion, we can prepare ourselves for that same exchange, to unload our weaknesses, our problems, our sinfulness, our stress, our anxiety at his feet, and be filled with Christ 
and his salvation. Jesus is eternal. When the Israelites were hungry, he provided them with manna. When they were thirsty, he provided water from a rock. And now he fills us with his body and blood. Christ purifying us and redeeming us with his body and blood should not only be celebrated during Holy Week, but every week that we attend church. This is the opportunity to taste his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, and be intimately closer with our Lord Jesus Christ. This is given to us out of grace. We just need to thirst for it. Tonight we see the actions of Peter and Judas, and I'd like to compare some of the similarities, some of the differences. We'll start with how they were similar. Both were chosen as apostles. They spent three years with Jesus. They served, they healed, and they cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Both also made mistakes. Judas, of course, betrayed Jesus. Maybe it's not a big surprise when you look at his character. He was someone that stole from the treasury, the treasury that supported their mission. Some judge Peter and say, for someone that loved Jesus so much, his denial, not once, not twice, but three times, really stands out. And what about his character of being a hothead, using his sword, yelling and swearing at the servant girl who accused him of knowing Jesus? There's a main difference between these two men. Peter loved Jesus. Judas loved what Jesus could do for him. His heart was set on worldly desires. This gave Judas limitations, spiritual dryness. But before we are quick to judge their actions or their hearts, let us think about how many times we pray for specific situations or solutions and we end up disappointed. Are we only happy when certain things go our way? Do we put a value on Jesus when things don't go well? By how often we pray, how often we fast, or read the Bible? Jesus put a, I'm sorry, Judas put a price on Jesus because he thought that Jesus couldn't lead him to victory against the Romans. And the price he put on Jesus was 30 pieces of silver. Because Peter loved Jesus, when he, after he fell and denied Jesus three times, he cried. But he accepted God's forgiveness and got back up again. Jesus even asked him later, Do you love me? Three times. Of course, Jesus knew he loved him, but this was to remind Peter that Peter loved him and that it was going to be okay. Judas, on the other hand, did not allow himself to feel God's unconditional love or his forgiveness. He was never accepting of being a son of Christ. Jesus showed Judas love even to the last moment he was with him. When you go to a wedding reception, you see that the bride and groom, they're celebrating their love, they cut the cake, and what do they do? They lovingly feed each other a piece of the cake. When they asked, who will betray you? Jesus lovingly put the food in his mouth. Sadly, Judas didn't believe 
that Jesus could save him. Instead, he went to the Pharisees to try to reverse what he did. But there is only one way to reconciliation, and that is through Christ. Christ's love, forgiveness, and salvation are there. And we have to remember that it is only based on his grace. It is not something that we earn. Something that we need to believe and something that we need to want. We look at the thief that talked to Jesus at the end, and he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now imagine he's at the gates of heaven, and he's asked, did you study the Old Testament scriptures? Did you follow Jesus or his rules of loving others? Do you know any of the church dogmas? Of course, his answer will be no. And they'll ask him, well, what gives you the right to be here? And he will point and he'll say, because he told me I could come. It's based on Jesus' mercy and his grace. We just need to want to go. We can't want to go but then not want to give up our Sunday for church. We can't want to be in heaven with him, but not serve. We can't want to go, but then not love everyone we come in contact with. I'd like to end with Mary from Bethany, because she was the type of person who was all in. And she had very expensive oil that they said the cost of it was one year's salary. If we look at a year's salary that we earn, part of it will go towards bills or credit card debt from the past. Part will be used to pay for our expenses today and part will be put away for the future for kids' college funds or retirement. For her, it was all three of those. It was one year's salary, but that didn't matter to her because for her it was worth it. She loved Jesus. It's even said that she was lovesick. And that's the type of zeal that we need to have for our Lord Jesus Christ. She felt his love, she felt his forgiveness, and it didn't matter to her, the money. She essentially gave her past, her present, and she bet her future on him. May God always bless his people and grant us the remembrance of his sacrifice for our salvation.